This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from. With new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, Jen. Hey, Em. <laughs> I like that we're starting the episode now by just saying hi to each other. We Because every time somebody write in and tell us about Someone. I mean, maybe we should sing at the beginning. Okay, you start. But then do you think, do you think people just would not listen anymore? I, 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 oh, yes, absolutely. I would say that it's completely accurate. What will happen <laughs> next? A hundred percent. Great. So we keep talking about like, okay, what's our next topic? Because Em and I are doing a ton of episodes with just the two of us. Yes. And one of the things we we really wanted to talk about was like different parts of ourselves. Yes. And Em has a really <laughs> interesting story that she has not told me. No. Yet. And I told her, just tell me on the podcast so we can talk about okay. it. Okay. So well, we ended last week's episode talking about that I was going to this wedding, right? And like the different seasons of life and how I, because this will be a part two, um, uh, I was a little nervous about being around my friends or a very different season of life for me, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. That part turned out pretty well, actually. We went to Michigan. We went to the wedding. The pictures made it look so fun. Yes. No. Also, Michigan's fucking awesome. I had when you called me and said how beautiful Michigan was. Michigan is gorgeous. First of all, underrated because we live in <laughs> Satan's asshole, the humidity pit in the northeast. <laughs> it is so bad. <laughs> it's so humid. My hair. Yes, I know. It's is huge. doing it's things huge. that I never <laughs> thought it could do. So okay, so we get off the plane. Absolutely beautiful, lovely. Michigan was so. We were in. We got. 
into Traverse City, which was, did you see the news the past week where there was that carnival ride that almost tipped over and all the bystanders went and put their body weight on it? No, thank God I didn't see that. Okay, well, that's where we were at the, it was right by the Cherry Festival, like literally when that happened is where we were. Okay, so we were in Traverse City. Oh my God. Cherry capital, cherries everywhere, delicious cherries, really lovely. Is that where you you got those cherries from today? No, it's not. I've got this chair. <laughs> okay. Those are from Whole Foods. In- <laughs> same, same. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, no, not, but thank you for making that connection. You're welcome. Um, so Michigan's awesome. Also, weed's legal. So that's exciting for everyone. Um, so we had this really great time. But two very interesting things happened, which I thought were important to talk about. Because I think it's one of those things where usually this would happen to someone and they would try to pretend like it never happened. And so instead, I'm going to talk about it. And so here's the first one. The first one was, this was all of my friends from college. And my daughter was there. She was the flower girl. And she looked adorable. Adorable, but she was very bad. (laughs) She was a really bad flower girl. I think it's a hard job. We will probably not be adding that one to her. No one will ever ask her to be (laughs) on her resume. Yeah, like it's just like it's too many people and they're all looking. It's like whatever. It's a very common situation. How funny would it be if someone put that on their resume just as an adult? (laughs) If somebody applied to work for us and that was on the resume. They're hired immediately. Hired in one second. Not even a question. Yeah, hilarious. Okay, so we're at the wedding and my husband, beforehand we had already talked about my husband was going to take her home like once it got like too late, right? Yeah. When she started to fall apart, it's all of my friends. So we had talked about it, no problem. But it was interesting. I kept getting a bunch of like little comments from only the men there about how much Aaron was doing. And which is fine. My husband does way more, I think, than a lot of fathers. And we definitely really do 50-50 split in parenting. Mm-hmm. And so he had her for the weekend because it was my friends. So I kept getting his comments, but I was like, whatever, patriarchy. Like, what blah, were blah, blah. the comments? Oh my gosh. So Aaron doesn't get to have fun at all. So Aaron just has to. So wow. So two nights in a row, Aaron's going to go home. Now, but keep in mind. I know that no one would have ever said that to you. Never. No one would ever, ever, ever have said that to Aaron about me. Yeah. Also, my husband's a complete introvert. He has no interest in being. <laughs> He's <laughs> thrilled. It's thrilled to he do. Is happy to take Millie home and then watch TV. We it's got like a great excuse. Yes, exactly. So, like, no, like, we talk in our marriage, we have this. But. Okay, at the end of the night, I end up having a great time. Um, at the end of the night, I before we get on the buses, the shuttle back to the hotel, I go up to the bartender to get a glass of water to bring on the bus in case I feel kind of nauseous. I thought I was being responsible. The bartender, I so I say, hey, can I have a glass of water? And she says, aren't you the one with a toddler? Don't you? Aren't you the one who has a two-year-old? And I'm like, oh yeah. And at first, I'm like thinking she's gonna be. She like, like she wants was so to say cute yes. or something. She's like, wow, you like really drink. A, you're really drinking a lot for a mom. You're really no. gonna regret this tomorrow. No. Okay. No one would ever say that to my husband. Hold on. Yep. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you at all. Right? As if because I'm a mother. I cannot let loose and have fun and enjoy myself. And I think this is one of the things. And the reason we want to talk about parts today is because, like, there is a lot of loss within growth, right? If I'm a professional person, I can't be silly. If I'm a mother, I can't get drunk, right? Like, any of these things, like, there is a lot of loss as we get older, right? About, like, you know, we'll let our kids be covered in ice cream and play with bubbles. But, like, if adults do that, like, they're insane. It's... 
And it's a lot of like societal pressure around, okay, once you become a mother, you have to be this one specific thing. Yes. And if you step outside Mm -hmm. that box, I am going to shame you. Mm -hmm. I, first of all, I'm so sorry you had that experience. So, okay. Well, so this is what (laughs) it goes to is that I didn't give a fuck because this is a part of myself I feel very healed in. This is a part of myself that I do a lot of work in. It's easy for me to call bullshit. I think like I literally just like laughed and was like, okay, and walked away with my glass of water, right? So I didn't think anything of it. Now that comment could have made someone else spiral. Well, some maybe could have made me spiral a year and a half ago. A hundred percent. Well, someone who's struggling with that, right? Like someone who Uh guilt or is feeling insecure and and is also trying to integrate those different parts of themselves and also taking on all of that societal pressure. Uh My first thought was, where was that coming from for the bartender? I'm, I think for the bartender, she just wanted everyone to get the fuck out of her bar. Right. I, <laughs> do you think that's the I, way to do it? No. No, I do not. I think that she was exhausted and she was annoyed at the other people. And I think I just happened to be the person that got it taken out. Oh, see, I took that to a, yeah, to a whole other level in of my her mind. Own stuff? I don't know. Like her she, own stuff or she had like an like a mother or parent who partied yes, or possibly, there possibly. was some sort of like yes. cuz totally it's it's be. just such a strong oh my god it was specific reaction it was, and it was so the tone of it was so judgmental like the tone of it which is so interesting right that like another thing to think about is like why are we in the society allowed to make comments on people we know fucking nothing about I mean, and it's just getting more and more. There's so much more space yeah. for it. Yeah. And it it just, it really blows my mind when, like, my, I, I'm still very shocked. Yeah. That's like, not, and, I know. and this is the comment, this was this like the first, This is not yes. even <laughs> the end of it. But, so for me, here's the thing. I think it is mom shaming is so normal and woman shaming in general is so fucking normal everyone has an opinion on everything right and so for some reason because you exist within this world and you happen to have get born people feel like that gives them the ability to chat about you and it's it's almost like there's this idea when you become a mother you have to completely lose yourself yes right and also like the contrast between the comments that were being made about Aaron. Yeah. And then that comment towards you. Yes. Like, just, it's, it's such. Poor Aaron. It, poor Aaron. He doesn't get to enjoy himself, right? And you are enjoying yourself. And your child is completely taken care of. She was Had fast, a great time. She was fast that, asleep in her doggy blow-up and bed. That, <laughs> and that was your time. Yes. You have spent, and we talked about this on the last episode, you spent so much time planning around, yes. okay, what am I going to do with her? What's this yes. going to look like? You know, and we, we'll talk about when she when she gets to that point where she needs to go home. Erin, you'll take her home. Like, you, you planned all of that shit mm-hmm. out. And you get this space to let loose. Yeah. And someone yeah. says that. Yeah. I just, I'm mind blown. And so, right, okay, so here's the thing. I think that... Like I said, like that's a part of me that I feel very integrated with. Like I have done so much work on the different parts of myself coming together within motherhood because 
I think people can have an opinion on me from the other, but people also have so many opinions on child-free people about what they should be able to do. Like, you yes. should always be accessible. You don't have kids. You should always be the one willing to travel. You should always be the one willing to adjust. Or you should have so – you have so much more money to, yes. like, do things. Exactly. Yes. Right? So I feel like the same thing, you shouldn't be allowed to do anything, mom – we say to child-free moms, well, you should be completely accessible. Yeah, like, what are you, what are you complaining yes, about? Yes, you should be totally available. Absolutely. What are you yes. complaining about? Like, you have so much free time. Yes. And, and right, there's a huge contrast yes, there. Yes, absolutely. But either one is I get to police and have a thought about who you should be. I get to put you in a box. Yes. And if you step outside of that box, I get to make a comment about it because it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's really what it is, it is right? Yes. Like it's it's something about them. It's making yeah. them uncomfortable that you're stepping outside of the box that they have put you in. I had sent you that meme like last week that was like, what is it about my liberation that makes you so uncomfortable? Right? And the same thing, like we've had people say like, oh, we curse too much on the podcast and we talk too much on the podcast. And so it's like, what about that makes you so uncomfortable? Because that's what it is. When people have that reaction, it's like discomfort spewing out of their mouths. You know, I had a lot of conflict internally about obviously starting the podcast, as we've talked about a million times. But but the the professional parts of ourselves yes. that we have to put on and also being a human being. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was always, my mom was always like, you cannot get piercings, you can't get tattoos, you have to yeah. be a specific way, you can't curse. I grew up with that idea. Yeah. A, d- a direct rule. Direct Here's rule. Here's who you have to be yeah, to be you successful. Will, you won't and get hired. Yes. Like you have to be this very specific person. Yeah. And also we should say for the record, this is being said to us as white women, I cannot even imagine what it is like to be a black woman oh my god a black non-binary person and the ridiculous professional bullshit standards is put on a hundred percent and so to to really look at that and say like where have these messages come from Mm -hmm. and because those conflicts build internally and I really had to battle with them as we started the podcast and started to talk about things mm-hmm. like smoking weed. Yeah. Right? Like the one thing we did on burnout when you like <laughs> talked about us. <laughs> oh my God. You hated it. I wanted to die. Great episode. Great. <laughs> Season one. <laughs> Great episode. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. 
Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. But it, but it it speaks to the fact, and now I don't care. I yes. feel like I've healed that part of myself. I will go and like hang out with my parents, my parents' friends, and talk about anything I want. Well, and don't you feel it's also one of the things that has allowed us to heal those parts is that we have gotten positive feedback as well. Yes, because I I think yes. that that in us feeling more liberated within ourselves, mm-hmm. um, it's helping others to feel more liberated within yes. yeah. themselves. I would hope. Um, but but I think that that's so important because it feels it's so it is it's so much more freeing to mm-hmm. be able to just be like I can I can be professional and I can also be myself yeah and I feel that as a therapist too mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like Absolutely. that and integrating those two I think is really helpful mm-hmm. in our work in general yep. and in our podcast yep so take us in okay to the next so that part. part I was able to sort of walk away and be like what a fucking asshole and like whatever walk away right. Now, there's this whole other part we've talked about a lot, which is that I've been for a very long time now in recovery of an eating disorder. Um, And there is a big part that even though I've done so much work and I feel incredibly healed there, there is still the initial automatic response, right? Like remember we talked about ants and cats, right? Mm -hmm. We have this automatic negative response and I'm able really, really good to come on in with that cat to pounce the shit on What was your automatic negative response? So at the end of the wedding, they had pizza for everyone. Mm -hmm. Which was great. I fucking love pizza. Pizza's the best. Right. Pizza's the best, especially when you're drunk. Yes. It doesn't matter how bad it is. the greatest. Right. So I'm sitting there eating pizza with everyone else. And there is a thought coming over me that, like, I shouldn't be eating this. Mm. Right now, at this point, I'm pretty good at being like, that's fucking diet culture bullshit. That's fat phobia. That's blah, 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 blah. Okay. Now we get onto the buses. So there's like shuttles leaving. You're the, like having the time yes, of your life. Having, well, at this point, I'm like, I'd like uh, to time go. Time to go. Like, chugging water. But, yeah, I'm like chugging water. I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm ready. I'm out. But um, so we go to get on these buses and there was like multiple different buses. I get on one with my girlfriend, Liz, who I mm-hmm. talked about. Love her. Um, and who 
for the record, spent the entire weekend with us, with Millie. Did you tell was, her that we talked about her on the podcast? I was just like, we talked about you, but I didn't tell her. And like, I don't think she actually listens. Oh, God, so like, okay. we'll find out very soon. I know her sister does. Hi, Amanda. So Amanda will fucking, yeah, call this shit out. Um, okay, so like, Liz and I get on this bus. And Liz is like, I don't see any of our friends here. I don't see my husband. I don't see anyone. So I'm like, oh. Were you so, like on, on like a I, Yes, like I a think complete. we, yeah, we were like, got on the wrong bus. Because there's like multiple hotels. Because gotcha, obviously we're gotcha, staying gotcha. the cheapest one because we're cheap. Um... <laughs> And so Liz is like, I'm going to go check the other buses, stay here. I'm like, sounds good. Because I'm drunk at this point. I have mm-hmm. my water. I'm sitting in my little nook. <laughs> and Liz comes up, knocks on the window. She's like, you're on the wrong bus. And I was like, got it. All right. So I go to get off this bus. And it's pretty full. And there's a girl come out at the same time. This girl that I was like hanging out with throughout the night, partying, whatever. She's hilarious. She's drunk. She's um, uh, hugging somebody in a seat and like kind of partying in the aisles. And I was like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. She wasn't moving. So I just w- moved past her. Mm-hmm. The bus driver in front of everyone says, you know, sweetie, you're really not built to be walking past people on the bus. So what do you think in that moment he's saying to me? Oh my God. In front of the entire bus, right? Now, I have done a lot of work on body neutrality, of moving past an eating disorder, of being okay with the weight that I am. And there is this part, though, that when it is brought up, it feels so exposing, right? This random fucking dude doesn't know me, doesn't know anything about it. I didn't hurt anyone moving past now. You know what I mean? But one, there was this other part that was like, wow, like, you immediately go to like, Jesus, what do you think like mega fat people experience? Oh, my God. Which is the category, right? Yeah. Like, and so my initial response because i was already having this thing of like i shouldn't eat was like i got on the other bus and i'm like totally fucking spiraling out yeah right what, what happened so i so i get on the other bus i'm saying nothing i'm totally spiraling out all i can do is like be like i'm like hyper aware of how my body feels i'm like hyper fucking aware of like how i feel like i look in that dress i'm mm. sitting there like going to all these thoughts and i say to myself okay i just need to get back to this hotel room and i as soon as i get back i'm gonna like talk to my partner about this yeah. now I think a lot of people feel embarrassed to talk to their partners mm-hmm. about something like this because it feels like I don't want anyone feels to, like shaming. Yes, There's I don't a want lot anyone of shame. to know yes. that this happened. Yes. I don't want anyone to know that I was called fat, right? Because for a lot of us, especially people that have been yo-yo dieters and hit puberty first and are living larger bodies, the idea of being called fat is like the worst thing. Like, call me right. a fucking cunt bitch. Right. That's okay, but right. don't call me fat. Right. Which is fucked, right? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you really think about but, that, but, like, oh, Jesus. When like, there's so much emphasis and when it when it dictates so much of your mental health, mm-hmm. then that becomes the highest mm-hmm. insult. And so, and so what it left me thinking about, though, was, okay, here's a part of myself that still needs more healing. The other one was so easy for me to be like, that was your shit, lady. Like, I don't know what yes, you're talking about. Yes, And this one, I went internal, Right. And and this you, is, and when you go internal, <laughs> I'm in. You are it's a deep dive. Baby. It's a deep it's a high dive. We're going dive. Yep. I rarely see Emily go internal. Recently, I did. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you're going internal, I'm like, oh shit, is bad. Yeah. Like you are struggling. Yes. Yeah. And so it's this thing, right? Like, and anyone who has crawled from the depths of hell of their eating disorder. Mm-hmm and doesn't live in a super thin body can understand this sentiment that like you try so hard to live within the world and then at the end of the day 
the world is sometimes going to hate you. It's going to sometimes hate you for being a woman or for being fat or for many people being black or a person of color, right? Like, it's so crazy that you can sit here and be like, oh, like, I truly live my life in a very, very specific way of being kind to people and being authentic and being transparent and really working hard at communication. And all of that can be dismissed because of how I look and address. I, I, and I also think it's, it, it in a lot of ways speaks to the fact that like you have cultivated so much around yourself mm-hmm. to be like, you know, focused on body neutrality yeah. and, and working on your thoughts and you can take control of what, the information you take in, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. like the people around yep. you. But when you go out into the world, right? And you, you don't can't. have control over. You can't do anything. You can't do anything about Weight it. bias is still completely there. So what did you do? And what's funny, I was also thinking about like this podcast episode is like the pictures that we have up on the podcast, yeah. like the podcast art. I'm in a smaller body there and you can't really see my body. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if people listen to this and think like, oh, that girl's like very small. Mm. And it's like, it's like, oh, so like there's a part of me that I can also like pass, right? What you would call it, right? Like I could still fit into like extra large or free people. Like right. they're like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I in some ways have like a ton of privilege mm-hmm. in like the ways I'm able to live within my body with which other people do not. Yes. And... I also have money yes. to buy things that have like that are more expensive for extended sizing. Yeah. Like I have a yeah. ton of privilege in that way. And it's so wild that this random guy in that moment made this comment. What did you I wanna what know, did I do? What'd you it's do? I walked I walked off the bus. My therapist said the same thing. She's like, what'd you do? I said, nah, nothing. Straightforward. I did, which is so funny, right? Because some people, like knowing me, would be like, oh, Emily didn't like say a comment back. Yeah, you But you like would. my therapist when I was processing with her yesterday was like, Yeah, but like that's like a trauma. Like it might yeah, be it, it might not be a macro trauma, but it's a micro little t trauma of this idea of like you froze. Yes. And once again, when you freeze, it's so noticeable. It's well, it's totally also it also has to be bad. You know, it yes. has to be hitting something yes. for you, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Because like, if if it's hitting on other things, like your typical response is like mm-hmm. anger, right? Yes. Like it, you'll you're going to more like fight mode, yeah, yeah. But if it goes into freeze, yes, like nothing, it's yeah. it's hitting something for you, right? And so it was it was just I just something I wanted to talk about because I think that this type of thing happens so much more than we realize but we don't talk about it enough Mm -hmm. and I think the way people talk about a lot right now is like when um people tell you to smile right like you ever had a guy tell you on the street it's happened to me so many times I mean honestly I smile I smile constantly (laughs) I feel like in Philadelphia people people have told me to stop smiling really I don't know why yeah remember you were there I think someone said Jen stopped smiling when we were on like a live. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so but I feel like in walking around Philly, many times I've been told to smile. That that I don't understand that. I know. Why is it what is it about you not smiling? Because as women, we are supposed to be um pleasant and And, easygoing and and small we are made for other people right like we are made for you made to make you comfortable i'm made to be a mom and i'm made to be in a tiny body and i'm made to be all of this to please my husband not my husband's supposed to go home and take the child right and i'm supposed to go have fun right here to be there for someone else exactly Mm -hmm. and i i think that 
you know, it, the smile thing has not happened to me just because you m- smile I'm constantly yes. smiling. Um, not smiling when like something bad is happening, yes. obviously. Um, but I think there's, I have such an internal thing about being quiet mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not speaking up yes. too much. Like there was a lot of that um muting Mm -hmm. myself in a lot of ways like leaving room for men to speak um and so it's really interesting just this experience that you had where and the bus driver was a man bus driver was a man saying to you an older man yeah an older man yeah Uh uh-huh right and like it's just all I keep thinking about is like, right, so of course, anytime you have an interaction like this, you always afterwards think like, what would I have said? Like in that, right? Like, I was you know, wondering you know, if you were like, having you know, like that experience. You know, like we always go to that. Yes. You know, like you have a shower and you have like conversations. And you're like, <laughs> you're lathering up. <laughs> so pissed. And you have like a full conversation or like what you would have said, right? Ugh, that's the worst. And, and you never get the chance to say it again. And the thing is, I still cannot figure out what I would say hmm. because... One, I was intoxicated. I don't right. ever do conflict when I'm intoxicated. That's Smart. one thing that I am very good about. Well, so I never really get intoxicated enough that I'm, like, out of control. Right, right. So I'm always aware enough to be like, this is not good. Yes. But I just don't think to that person who said that and did not give a shit who was sat in front of and how it made me feel, what would I have said? Excuse me, sir. That's inappropriate. Right? I mean, like, yeah. So, like, there's, like, I could have. And still, though, would that have protected myself? It's an interesting no, thing to I, say I mean, when we talk about, like, using your voice, right? Like, yeah. use your voice and stand up and use your privilege. But, like, in that moment, it didn't actually feel safe to me to uh, say anything. I And then you know what's funny is yeah. when I was getting off of the bus, I guess there were some people from our hotel on that bus because when we were getting off our bus, he, they were there. And so in my head, I was like, should I go walk up and say something now? Like, now that I've had this bus ride, 20 mm-hmm. minutes to ruminate on this a little bit. And I was like, no, still, like, yeah. uh, No, but, but, it, but it is, it's understandable that it didn't feel yes. safe no, for you. Yeah, it didn't feel safe, yeah. Um, and in those moments when you're very internal feeling insecure, yes. that it wouldn't feel safe yep. mm-hmm. to go up to him and say something. Yes. really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization 
location. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash strength chicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash strength chicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash strength chicks. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on the accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Has the feeling that you've, has it changed at all for you over time? Like as you've gotten space from it or like how are you? So I went back. I told my partner immediately Mm -hmm. um, and he was like so amazing about it. Went and had my therapist. I was like, I'm going to come talk about this on the podcast. So it really is not a lie that vulnerability trumps shame. Right, like that is like that research. Brene knows what she's talking about. Brene is a genius. <laughs> truly, I said this the other day, about it, but having a safe place yeah. to talk about it, which I happen to have in my partner, in my therapist, and here with you. And I think th- that that's really key. And if you grew up in a family where it wasn't safe, mm-hmm. right, where talking about your internal world wasn't safe, where maybe if you talked about it, you were shamed even more, yes, or invalidated then it's so easy to believe that the only person who can deal with that is you. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the shame, but but the tough thing about that is when we feel shame and we hold it in, the shame just builds. Yep. Right? Yep, yep, yep. And so to combat the shame, as, as Brene yeah. talks about, is to allow yourself to be vulnerable. You are so good at that. Mm-hmm. You are really good at allowing yourself to be vulnerable and talk about things. It takes... That I... Thank you for saying you that. You are. I feel like that is a place that I still struggle. That blows my mind. Yes. <laughs> because I think you're incredible at that. <laughs> I I very much struggle with I that. I will accept any compliment today. As you should. Um, I find that very challenging. It takes me days yes. to say anything out loud mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if I'm feeling shame about yeah. it. And if I say it, I'm saying like only pieces of it. Well, and for me, and I knew, and here's the thing I know that like, is that eating disorders grow and breed in the dark. Right. So my option was keep letting that eating disorder voice in my head tell me I can't eat the next day or tell my partner, right? Like, and if I hadn't told them, I think that that voice would have just kept growing 
because that's how it breeds. You know, and we were going to go into this episode and talk about like how certain parts are healed and yes. other parts aren't healed, right? But even as you're talking about that, like, of course, that's going to be hard mm-hmm. and like painful yes. and like hit a point that that brings up a ton for you. Yeah. But your reaction to that was so healthy in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I did because I didn't use any type of symptoms or any type of distress. Really what I did was sit in distress. And that's like when we talk about distress tolerance skills, like to sit in distressing emotions and feel discomfort. That is truly what I did. So do you feel, because like we were gonna- I would like to get to the point where my response is just like, oh, fuck you, man. And like, that's it. And there's no, like, right. Like, like for me to feel like I've truly like healed on that part- I would like to be there, which okay. is really how I felt in like the when the mom yes. shaming part of it. See, that in and of itself is impressive. I just think, I mean, listen, if anyone says anything to me, it's not. You crumble. I'm like, oh, you know, like, but yes. I sit in it for a little bit and then I pull myself out of it. But, but like, I don't. Do you think that this is also part of thin privilege that you have that. Here's the other part is like I feel like in some ways I have had exposure therapy because like mm. I've been listening to comments about my body my entire life. Mm. Well, I think I think if, like how often do you feel like your body is commented on? Not that often. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think that there is part of that that I got here mm-hmm. because of years of having to get here of being having comments made about my body. Right. Comments like you would be, God, your face is so gorgeous. That's my favorite one people like to give to fat girls. Your face is so beautiful. Oh, my God, your face is like, like, fuck you. Right? Like, fuck you. Right? Like, so I feel like it also comes from a lifetime of these comments mm-hmm. that are just made when And people don't, people, life. it's just coming out of, yes. there's no awareness. No, none. And it's. This is going to be a compliment. I <laughs> This right. is gonna be be nice, right? Yeah, but I think like it's but but it it hits that part of you, mm-hmm. right? Like if if someone said to me something about being too sensitive, like do people ever tell you like you seem so confident? Like no. I get that comment <laughs> all the time, right? So basically, what they just mean is I dress myself in nice clothes, even though I'm not skinny, right? Like that's what that comment means. Wow. People tell me how confident I am all the time. I'm like, yeah, I know what you mean by that. Like you like. <laughs> Wow. Yes. Right? Think about that. I get that all the time. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, like, part of it is, and that's what I mean, that, like, I don't, like, it doesn't feel fully healed because there's Mm. still the reaction and there's still the initial thought. And I like to be, like, even more down. But to sit there to have distress tolerance, to be able to use an inner monologue, to be able to share, right? Those are coping skills. When we think about coping skills, we are not just talking about, like, I'm trying to think of like doing a coloring book. Remember when coloring books were yes. super big like five years ago? Yes. And like you would, I never did it. Did you do it? Um, I, actually I have no did, patience. Somebody had given me a really funny cursing coloring book. Um, that was me. Oh, while I was in labor? Yes. Yes. That was, I, that was the only time I ever used it. Oh, oh my, my God. No. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so sorry. I didn't remember. I thought they were just gag I, gifts. I have been given so many coloring books. I know. Books. <laughs> Listen, but I, I figured you'd appreciate that one. You know, I love oh, it. Oh, I'm so... Did you yes. do it while you were in labor? Yes. That's impressive. Well, you need something to do. Absolutely. I mean, besides giving birth. Well, you, she wasn't coming out yet. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure what's happening there. So I... But like, okay. So I feel like when we talk about the idea of coping skills, people feel like it's supposed to be 
necessarily always deep breathing or like doing color books. Sometimes it is truly talking yourself down and being the stable voice that you need. Because well, we don't always have that in other people. And on that bus ride, I didn't, the people that I happened to be with on that bus were one intoxicated and two, I didn't feel so I was just going to say they were all drunk. Everyone was, yes. Right, right so that yeah. makes it hard. Um, but but I think I think a really good point that you're making is that being healing in this, the journey of healing in this, isn't about never feel like not feeling this yeah right like you felt this mm-hmm. you felt it intensely yes intensely but the healing that you have done in that process of being like okay how how do I want to cope with this mm-hmm. I'm going to be vulnerable about this I'm going to talk to my partner about it yeah. I'm going to you know talk about how this affects me I'm going to take it to therapy yeah I am not going to have this like reactionary response mm-hmm. and that that is so important like you are in the process of healing but i'm also very careful about who i do share with right like when we talk about this idea of like telling our story and being vulnerable i specifically made sure that i have a plus size therapist Mm -hmm. my husband and i talk a ton about like all of this information right like you and i talk about it jen like i wouldn't go we talk about sharing stuff with people people can get really hurt telling to people that are not safe and do not understand that i i I'm so happy you said yes. that because I think that talking to friends is like it's so much more nuanced than that. And I think it, it really is, you know, like we're therapists, mm-hmm. so we can talk to each other, but like, you know, we have the tools to be able to like respond to each other and know, you know, whereas people still have their own biases, mm-hmm. right? Like your friends still have their own biases and they're maybe very well intentioned, mm-hmm. but there might be some people who don't feel safe in specific instances, yeah. right? Like yes. there might be times where you can go to certain friends and talk to them about other things. Yeah. Um, but I I think really carving that out, and it doesn't mean, oh, you're not close with them or no. they're not good people. But or, I like the idea if you were to say like, okay, if I'm struggling in my romantic relationship, I talk to this person. Right. If I'm struggling in my body image, I talk to this person who's safe. If I'm struggling in uh, financial stress, this person, right? Like, it doesn't have to be that it's one person yeah. for everything. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that every person fits into that category. But it's also taking time to set yourself up to be in relationships that do fulfill you and do heal you when you're hurting. Yes. Because that can be re-traumatizing. Yes. Right? I think about like, okay, if you're, this is a funny way to talk about it before we move on to Jen Jen, right? But like, you know, like sometimes like when you're drunk and you're smart and you're like, I'm going to get some water, I'm going to get some Advil, you set yourself up for success the next week, even when it's going to, the next day, even when it's going to hurt, I'm going to hurt a little less bad. That's what this is. Oh, wow. Right. What a (laughs) You're nurturing yourself when you're drunk. <laughs> and you must nurture yourself <laughs> in all ways. All right, dear Jen and M. All right, let me pull it up. Give it to me. And I think this might have absolutely nothing. Well, that's okay. We're going we're gonna to find it. Actually, again. no, no. There's a connection. Okay. Dear M and Jen, question. When looking for a therapist to help process multiple abuse and traumas from a past relationship you had with a person with a high conflict personality that wasn't a dating or family relationship but was in a domestic setting, is it better to go to an LPC, LMHC who understands and has extensive knowledge of abuse and trauma yet might not have fully have a full understanding of relationships or an LMFT who understands relationship yet relationships yet only has a basic understanding of abuse and trauma? 
Okay, what's your response to that? So I think it's it's so easy to have a wide generalization about yes. specific training mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. yes, an LMFT, we're both LMFTs, has specific training around the systemic nature of relationships mm-hmm. that maybe isn't present with an LPC or LM- LMHC or anything else, social yeah. licensed clinical social worker. But as a therapist, you can do even more training. Yeah. After in, in any subject. In any subject. And so everyone goes into so like I do a ton with anxiety mm-hmm. and depression. I work a lot with men and, and so I how do many a lot books of books and how many additional training. Exactly. So so you get pulled into really learning and understanding these topics. And so I would say it's not about the LPC, LMHC, LMFT. It's about the person mm. and the connection that you can make with your therapist mm. who is really pulled towards certain topics. Yes. And I think the other part that we can bring back to integration of self and parts of self is that like, to think about yourself, like which part of myself am I trying to heal? Am I trying to heal the relational part of myself, mm. the trauma part of myself? Because it's true, an LMFT can have a ton of training in polyvagal theory to talk right. about trauma, right? Like um, an LPC can have a bunch of training in family systems afterwards. So I think it's about who do I feel comfortable talking to? And also it's not just about what happens in that room. Right. You can read books outside of that room and bring them into therapy and also say to your therapist, hey, can we read this together? If any client came in and was like, I want to read this book and I never read it before, I would be like, okay, let's read it together. Absolutely. It gives me an excuse to read a book. Exactly. I listen to a book. Well, okay. So you just rock, you rock a little audio book, you know? Back of the, but like a quick audio book. You are allowed to advocate for yourself yes. in therapy by being a motivated client. And I think what this person is asking is like, like, where will I feel safest? Yeah. Right? That's, and that's not about credentials. And that's not about credentials because this is clearly an environment that you didn't feel safe in. Yeah. And it's understandable that you want to find someone that you feel really safe yeah. with. And whatever client comes in so concerned about their credentials or about the specialty or about the treatment plan, the thing I always remember is what this person is really feeling is, are you actually going to be able to help me? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like the fear is, how do I not put myself through more pain going through many therapists? And it's true. Finding the right clinical team is exhausting process. It is not easy. No. And so Been through like eight different so therapists. You're trying, so one of the things you're trying to do is like, t- like th- think through beforehand. Yes. But someone could have literally the exact specialty you're looking for. And then you go into the office and you're like, I do not fucking like this person. Right. And that's, that is what's tough about it. Yes. Because it's not just about the training. Yeah. It's about emotionally feeling safe too. And that's mm-hmm. something you determine. Yes. And might take time, especially when you have had relationships that were traumatic mm-hmm. and were not safe for you. But like anything, there's also a lot of stuff about what you do outside the room. Right. Right. If- well, and that's exactly what we're talking about is creating, right? Like as we were yes. talking about going to friends who you feel safe with, with certain topics that you can cultivate that for yourself in mm-hmm. certain relationships too. Absolutely. I love it. That's it. That's it. We did it. See you next week. See you next week. Thanks for sticking with us. If this episode related to yourself or anyone else you might know, feel free to send it along. You can rate, review, and subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you next week because to grow yourself, you got to know yourself.